At least your day wasn't as bad as Tom Brady's. What happened to Tom Brady? He is not going to the Super Bowl. Oh, poor, poor Tom. Yeah, now he says he might retire. It's like, you fucking pussy. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? It's a little nippy tonight. Is it? Is it cold in Florida? It is cold in Florida. I'm sitting here with a blanket on. <laughs> Might have to put on the heat tonight. Yeah, well, it's it will be below freezing every night for the next seven days here. Oof. Yeah. Especially when you live in a house that doesn't have like a furnace. Oh. And do you have a heat pump? I have a heat pump and heat pumps are not designed mm-hmm. to work in that kind of weather. <laughs> so, yeah. It's going to be a fun week. Wow. I mean, I moved to the south to get away from winter and fucking here it is, so you got to move further south. <clears throat> yeah, but then that means Florida. And we've talked about Florida no. before. You can move to Costa Rica. Well, yeah, I could. <laughs> but you know what the problem with Costa Rica is? Costa Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's terrible. Oh, my God. I'm that, sorry. You, we got to edit that one out. <laughs> no. No, I'm joking dark humor people yeah I mean you know I, I was wanting to live in New Zealand but like then they have like fucking um, um, volcanic eruptions off the coast of Tonga or wh- wherever the fuck that was so like who knows how long fucking New Zealand will be around it's just a mess world is a mess it is it's crazy crazy we got world war three on the horizon good times that's right great time to be alive ain't it kids <laughs> ain't it you know maybe maybe someday they'll refer to us as the greatest generation like they do with the world war two people mm, no 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 if if anything future generations will look back on our slice of time and be like why were they so stupid Yeah. You know, it's that it's that thing of like you look back at like medicine of the 1800s where they were giving people like cocaine and like cutting limbs off to to save from infection and stuff. And you're like, wow, what a brutal existence that must have been. And it will be the same way. People will be like they they all had to wear masks because none of them would like listen. And like yeah. They all got each other sick. So, yeah. yeah. Woohoo. (laughs) 
So fun times ahead. Fun times ahead. But hey, it was a pretty rough week for old fat white guys. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why God hates comedians right now. Yeah. But yeah, after Bob Saget last week, um, a one-two punch of not only Louis Anderson but also Meatloaf. Yes. Now I'm a little. I'm. I'm. I'm I'm a little less sad about meatloaf dying just because he was a big proponent of like mandates and shit and he had COVID. So I don't really know how bad I feel about that one. Yeah. He was stupid. I mean, Louie Anderson had blood cancer. So like there's nothing you can do for that. So, I mean, I feel worse for Louie Anderson than I do about meatloaf. I was never a meatloaf fan. So Oh no? no. Oh, I love meatloaf. Mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> mm. You know what I meant. Stick to ribs kind of food. That's right. Yeah, I mean I can't say I was was a Louis Anderson fan. I remember watching a couple of specials of his when I was a kid. Um and laughing a lot at them. Um Yeah. You know, I can't say he's somebody that I followed or like, you know, had a deep connection to. But I mean, more more so from my childhood than like currently. I mean, I I don't remember anything. I mean, he he's in um, coming to America. Yeah, and he's in in the the. Just the McDonald's, isn't it? Yes, McDowell's. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he was one of those guys that tried to be an actor but never really went anywhere. Hosted, yeah, uh, I mean, hosted he, some game shows, you know. Yeah, I, he was currently on a game show. Was he? Uh, it was like a match game kind of show. I don't know if, if it was if it was called match game per se, but. Oh. But it had the likes of like Arsenio Hall and you know oh. Carolyn Ray, okay. you know, A list, <laughs> the giants, A list of the D list, yes, the giants <laughs> of comedy, JK, uh, JK, oh geez, yeah, big times. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of a rough week. It was. It's always surprising to me, though, like how connected some people are like they have connections that you, you're not really expecting the, the big news broke that like Louis Anderson was in deep trouble when his apparently good friend, Pauly Shore wrote a heartfelt thing about having to go to Las Vegas and say goodbye to his dear friend. And I was oh. like, there's a, there's, Pauly there's a mixture that I never would have thought. Pauly Shore still alive. <laughs> Uh, apparently him and carrot top hanging out. Yeah, exactly. But I guess because I guess because his mother was the owner of the comedy store in Uh LA that like, he's like super close with all these comedians that you would never associate with Pauly Shore. No, because he was probably there, you know, disinfecting the mics and setting the stool and, you know, well, creating the weasel persona. Weasel. 
Yeah. He was a, he was a, yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, Meatloaf did some acting. Yeah, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was in yep. Fight Club. His name yep. was Robert Paulson, and he had bitch tits. Uh, yes, I'm looking <laughs> at a picture of him right now. That's that's the line in the movie. Uh, did you ever see Fight Club? No. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, we can't talk about Fight Club. Well, I know. So, so yeah, the the line in the movie is he's he's introduced in a voiceover by Edward Norton, and he the the line is his name is Robert Paulson, and he has bitch tits. And, you know, he grabs him and, like, hugs him and puts him up against the chest and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, kind of scary. Um, he also, he he did a commercial, like, within the last decade. And I can't remember what it was for. Meatloaf? But it, Yes. Uh, Paradise by the Go was phone it AT&T? light. No, was it? Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, with like the his his you know pretend wife and kid. Yeah, I think so. Yep, that's the one. There's oh, he did an A1 commercial apparently. Wow. Yeah. I mean really stretching. He was also in um he had a cameo in Wayne's World. He did? Yes. It's been forever since I've seen Wayne's World. Which just celebrated its 38th anniversary? Wow. Uh, I just read something about that. Uh, let's see. Thirty years. It just it just it's celebrating thirty years. So that was a long time ago for fucking Wayne's World, man. Yeah. I mean, Freddie Mercury was still alive. He died right before Wayne's World came out. And that just seems like forever ago. Wow. God damn, we're getting old. I saw Meatloaf in concert once. Did you? Yes. Was it one of the times he passed out on stage? No. No? No. No. No such luck. No such luck. But, you know, life goes on. It does. I've been I've been rewatching some movies I have not seen in a long time. What did you watch? Uh Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Applesauce, bitch. You like apples? How about them apples? <laughs> I mean, of course, the best part is like seeing my, my grandparents' apartment. <laughs> Your grandparents' apartment is in it? 
Yes, because they lived upstairs of the Elf Street Tavern. Oh, okay. So there's like the scene where they where uh, Ben and Casey Affleck give him the car so he can get to his new job at Harvard. Right. And you know he's walking around the car, and I'm like, "Hey, I remember that door." <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird, isn't it? It's very bizarre. Very bizarre to know that like you were in a movie location many many times my my grandmother's house is in the beginning of the movie jersey boys oh really yeah so they shot it they shot a lot of it in the town where my my parents grew up and so he like walks right past the front door and it is one of those things of like hey i remember like constantly going there right yeah, I watched Goodwill Hunting. Uh, watched National Treasure one and two. Oh, okay. I, I I still like those movies. I like number one better than I like number two. I think Book of Secrets is stretching a little bit. Where they discover the lost city of gold and become rich. Uh, yeah, after <laughs> discovering after discovering the lost treasure of. Um, the, the Templars and and yes. becoming oh, yeah, yeah. rich in the first one. Yes. Yeah. The the dude yeah. that plays Riley gets on my nerves too. He hasn't worked much since then. He was in all the Has Hangover he? movies. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. Uh. So. Yeah, I mean, I really like the first one. I like the way that they write in things like, um the back of the hundred dollar bill has the picture of like what time they're supposed to go find the glasses at the, um, at, at the hall. Yep. So like all that kind of stuff, like the way that it's written into like a real American history. I, I, I like that stuff. Yeah. I always thought that was very cool. And I saw, uh, the first tomb Raider. Oh, which wasn't something I would recommend seeing again. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Is that the one with Gerard Butler, or is that the second one? I think that's the second that's one. The, second the one? first okay. one, John Voight plays her father in in parts of it, and then at the end, when she, after she defeats the bad guy she's back at her men her manor her okay. estate yeah <laughs> and um the the butler and the her her cue guy are, are there and they like unleashed his robot on her <laughs> right 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 it's like oh okay so were you watching a john voight movie marathon because he's oh in, i don't know he's in I the national treasure movies yeah, it was on Freeform. Oh. <laughs> I don't think it was billed as a Sean Voight trilogy, oh, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, could have been. Like it was his birthday, so they were like, hey, let's play every John Voight movie we have. It's his birthday? I don't know. Oh. I mean, did they play like the first Transformers film after that? I don't remember. I wasn't. I didn't watch after that. No, oh. after that was Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. Which I really liked Michael Keaton's performance in that movie. 
That whole film, we recently rewatched that. That whole film is really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. I love the scene where he where Michael Keaton's driving yep. Liz and, and Peter to the prom. And then he sends sends his daughter inside <laughs> to give him the the uh, dad talk. Yeah, and it's like it's like, does she know? And he's like, no what? And he's like, good, because I don't want to have to kill your entire family. Yeah. But I want you to go into there. I want you to show my daughter a good time, but not too good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And then I watched the latest Marvel masterpiece. You ended up watching The Eternals? Yep. I tried to warn you, man. It, so I, there are things about it I liked. I kind of liked the idea of the gods kind of controlling mankind. You know, Festos is is like created this engine, and they're like, "No, it's too soon." And he's like, "Well, I have a plow. <laughs> it plows." <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's that that Marvel thing of like stealing character names from other sources, like like Athena, Gilgamesh, like Gilgamesh, like Thena, like Phaestos or Hephaestus, who was who was Vulcan, right? Um, and then Sprite, <laughs> yeah, you know Icarus who can fly, and then at the end he flies into the sun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's some of it's really heavy-handed. Yeah, it it almost felt like if they had turned it into a series and had like twice as much time to tell the story and explain the story. But the fanat the end game of this was the end of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> the, yeah. the giant creature who's going to be born from the earth and destroy everything yep. and it's like uh, okay and, but then it sets up blade in the the after and you also thing. you also get the weird post credit scene with the really bad CGI character who is Patton Oswald? Who is Patton Oswald, and he's introducing yes. Thanos's brother, who is ha- Harry Styles. Yeah, and it's like, what? Wait, huh? Like Thanos was a Mad Titan. Like what? Who's this dude? Well, his name's Eros, so he must be the lovable Titan. I guess. I mean, I just, I judge that I judge these types of movies on rewatchability and there's nothing in here that I would like go back and watch. No, I feel like it's about an hour too long. Yeah. They could have chopped out so much shit and then to waste Kit Harrington. Yeah. There was so much talk about Kit Harrington's going to be the, in the MCU and we've got him as, as what's the character name? Is it dark Knight? Black Knight, something like that. I think it's Black Knight, the Black Knight. And so like, they were all like, Oh my God, he's, it's going to be huge. He's going to be in this and he's going to be with his, with his TV game of Thrones brother. And it's like, he had five minutes of screen time. 
Yeah. And a post credits shot. And it's like, okay. And why can't you bring blade in on screen? Like just for a shot. Like <sighs> Mahershal Ali was busy. I guess I just, it's in the pantheon of great Marvel movies. This ranks way down at the bottom for me. Yeah. This is not something that I don't think I will ever go back and watch in its entirety. No. I mean, the, the, the story was so ponderous. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was kind of like the whole thing should have been retooled as something else well, other than a film. And it's really like, which is a weird move move for Marvel, but it's like their version of the Justice League. Because you, yes. you have um, Icarus that flies and shoots beams out of his eyes. You've got Thena, who's basically Wonder Woman. You've got the Flash. You've got the Builder dude that could be Batman. Like, there's a lot of similarities to DC in this. Oh, but there always was. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is the first time that they've put it on screen of just like, you know, there's always been those things of like Tony Stark is like the Marvel version of Batman where he builds suits and he's a billionaire and he's he's got all this tech. There's always been those comparisons. But like when you put it on screen of like, look, here's this guy who can fly and shoots beams out of his eyes, but he's not Superman. He's an well, alien. As he says, as he says in the movie, as he says in the movie, you've get, which I thought was kind of funny too, that they like acknowledge that DC exists yeah. in the Marvel universe. Yeah. That, that is kind of weird. Um, you get this weird casting decision to get a guy who looks almost identical to Benedict Wong, who yes. plays Wong in, um, Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange, and so every time he's on screen, I'm like, why is Wong here? And yeah. it's like, oh, no, that's not Wong. That's Gilgamesh. And it's like, that I, looks just like that's him. Wang. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know where the, the decisions came from for this movie. But, you know, for a Academy Award winning director, I just don't see where it was like holding up. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was good that Marvel had a female director doing this film, but she wasn't up to it. I don't know if she wasn't up to it or it just wasn't a story to tell. Hmm. I mean, it's not really connected to anything. There's, you know, the only thing of there's a, there's one conversation that happens about who do you think is going to lead the Avengers? And the the fact that the blip paused the birth of the the um celestial right um momentarily but now it's back and like um you know that's the only thing that really ties it together mm -hmm. and other than that it's just like i don't really know if this was a story they needed to tell I, it felt like they were trying to expand their cast knowing that certain actors were kind of on their way out. Yeah. But 
they they killed several of them. Yep. So it's like, okay, I mean, the 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 Indian guy I thought was funny because he was just kind of a douchebag, and the guy following him around, videotaping everything. <laughs> See, I thought that was the best part. I did too. I did too. I thought that was very funny. I thought the whole Bollywood dance scene. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. You know, here's here's that Marvel humor we all know and love. Yeah, and and they do that stuff very well, and then it just gets surrounded by this whole pile of crap where it's like, I don't really care about anything that's going on. You're not invested in any one of those characters because you never get time to to learn anything about them. No, I almost feel like it would have been better served if there was a flashback to the history of the Eternals and then you got to present day and you spent your time in the movie on that present day threat and reconciliation and all that kind of stuff. Right. Because a good part of that movie, you know, was taking place in, in pre-Christian Middle East. Right. And they all go their separate ways and it's like, what, you know, I mean, that could have just been a flashback. That could have just been narration. That could have been, you know, that could have been the story that Sprite told. Right. Instead of, you know, I mean, there are other ways they could have accomplished what that hour or so of the film didn't accomplish. Yeah. And, and, you know, they want you to do all this stuff of like, they want you to applaud Marvel for having like a gay couple in it. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's, that's great that there's gay representation, but at the end of the day, that meant nothing to the character. Yeah. It's literally two minutes and yeah. you find out that he went and he found himself a husband and they have a kid and that's great, but it doesn't, but that's it. it doesn't drive the story. Right. You know? like, there was no peril for his family. There was no connection to the story from his family. It was just kind of like, oh, hey, look, we're inclusive. We got a deaf chick and a gay guy. Yep. Yep. And and we'll <laughs> make points. And the gay guy is black. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we're checking all the boxes now. And it's just like, oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah, it it was not a good movie. I thought it was worse than Black Widow. Yeah. Yep. I I I totally agree. I again, I I will base my viewing on battles that I'll go back and want to watch or cool visual effects that they've done and it's like there's nothing new in this and there's nothing that I want to go back and see. No, and I, I didn't get the design of the deviants as to why they looked like they were out of a video game if they were supposed to be ancient creatures. Right. It's, you know, it's like, why were those choices made? I don't get it. <laughs> so we were, watching, we were watching it, and they do the thing where the Eternals arrive at Earth, and there's, there's a fisherman and his kid out by the water, mm-hmm. And the fisherman <laughs> yes. gets eaten and then Icarus shows up and blasted the, the deviant with his heat ray or whatever. And I turned to my kid and I was like, if he had just shown up five seconds earlier. 
Right. And it's like, you know, but you got to know how mean the deviants are. And it's like, no, you can just fucking say it, man. Right. (sighs) I don't know. I kind of feel like this is their, their first miss. I think a lot of the other things you can watch and be like, okay, well there's some entertainment value in this. But you're right. It was checking all the boxes. You you know, the the Asian guy, the yep. Indian guy, uh, the Game of Thrones reject. <laughs> they they have the dude that's like, his name is like Druig or something, yes. and he's got like who the, looks the like accent. Ezra Miller who from looks Flash. Yep, he looks just like that, and he's got this this Irish accent and like okay, these guys have gone across the world and have been influential in these things, in these other areas. And that's how you get the different civilizations and whatever, but they didn't even go into that. No, like they, they split their ways. And then the next time you see Druig, he's in the woods with a cult and you're like, wow, okay. He didn't really do anything. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, not a good movie. Very sad. And just the the I don't keep, mean to keep harping on this, but um, if you look at the plan of the Celestials, of you need the population at a certain size in mm-hmm. order to birth the Celestial inside the planet. Why wouldn't you want the guy that can tr- that can control everybody's minds to show up? And just have everybody in a major love fest so that you can jack the the um, population. population up in order to birth the celestial sooner. Right. You know, they're all like, oh, you can't control this. If there's a war, there has to be a war. And it's like, well, why is that that way? Like, shouldn't the celestials be like, no, the dude, the brainwashes people, he's in charge. Right. And it's just going to be a giant like like love fest of giant proportions just so we can impregnate the planet faster Mm -hmm. and get to where we need to be. And it's just like, okay, uh, I guess we need some conflict or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't feel they were successful in telling any story. No, Nope. The Eternals are robots. Okay. That's the least exciting thing that you could have done with that. Yeah. That may be the way it's in the comics. I don't know. I never read it. But then how do they die? Like if they're robots. Like mm-hmm. it just opens a lot of questions that they're not ready to answer. Right. Right. Well, hopefully they don't screw up Blade. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> if there's a way, there's a will. <laughs> yeah. Especially especially if it's just a money grab. Yeah, bring back Wesley Snipes in a cameo. I'm sure he'll be as his character from is his character from uh, Tu Wong Fu. (laughs) Eczema. There you go. Now that would be clever. (laughs) What did you watch this week? Um, I'm rewatching the Fringe TV show. Oh, okay. I it's, like that show. It's now on HBO. And so oh. if I don't have to sit through commercials, um, yeah. you know, I'd rather do it that way. 
Okay. So, yeah, they just threw that on HBO. So I'm about halfway through season one. And I know there's... I can't remember where it is because I've seen it before, but, like, there's a turn where it goes from, like, Freak of the Week to, like, an actual good story. Yes. So having to wade through that the first season where they're kind of stumbling around is kind of hard to watch, but, you know, I'll get through it. Um, I also watched uh, The Book of Boba Fett, episode four, yeah. which I thought was a lot better than episode three. Okay. Um, I'm assuming you watched it. Of course. Okay. <clears throat> I really like, like, kick-ass Boba Fett of, like, wanting revenge and the 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 hokey okay i will say that the hokey part where he goes back to the sarlacc pit to find his armor to find his armor and it's like face down against the sand mm-hmm. i was like that's a little much but you know i like the thing where where um fennec fires the seismic charge and it doesn't really go anywhere Yep. It kind of just pops out the back, and so he's got to, like, knock it into it. Like, I thought that was fun. Um, I liked, for the most part, I really like this episode and what it told as far as the flashbacks and the present stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're finally at a point where four episodes in with three to go... I feel like it's now kind of taking off in a direction that people are really going to be happy with. I like, I hope so. I like them breaking into Jabba's palace to get his ship back. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole like, like fight scene. Um, I, the, the little mouse droid thing with the big ears was a little much. The rat, the rat catcher, the rat catcher was a little weird. Yeah, I was like, oh, and we're going to sell you a toy. <laughs> oh, okay. But I mean, I did like the kitchen droid with all the uh, the cleavers. Which, uh, yeah, which was, is, I guess it's supposed to be some kind of callback to General Grievous. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. Um, I thought it was much better executed than the the Vespa gang. Yes. Last week. Um, I, I really liked the dinner scene. Yes. Where with he's the trying rancor. to negotiate with the other. Yes. <laughs> he's trying to negotiate with the other, other, uh, whatever they are. The other leaders the, of yeah. the different tribes and so forth. And, and they're like, well, how are you going to do that? And then you hear the roar. <laughs> right. And they like shit themselves. And the big claws come up through the floor. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I like that they're keeping, um, what's the Wookiee's name? The big black Wookiee. I'm glad they're, they're sticking him around and you actually get to see him rip some arms off. Yes. But apparently, apparently they grow back. For transgressions, oh, really? yeah. Well, they're lizards, in, I guess. In the comic books, apparently, Boba Fett once um, ripped Bosk's legs off. Uh huh. And they grew back. So, oh. you know, the okay. transdotion will be just fine. Okay. 
Yeah, I did get a little confused with how close in the timeline the flashback was. Yeah, I think I think we're missing something here. Yeah. Because he, technically I guess he was with the sand people for a couple of years. Yeah. Which doesn't seem that possible with what they've shown. Yeah. Um, because it's really like he gets, he gets accepted as them. And then, you know, they let him build his gaffy stick and then he, there he goes to Moss Eisley in order to cut or get his pay or cut a deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the tribe's dead. And then he goes and finds Fennec and it's like, but there's like three or four years there that aren't accounted for. Right. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we're supposed to understand this, but well, and how far before Mandalorian did he find Fennec? Because by the time you're Mandalorian, he and Fennec are already a team. Well, in in season one, there's the episode where he goes, where Mandalorian goes to Tatooine, and he right. meets the kid in the cantina who's like, "Hey, I need to go find Fennec Shan." Mm-hmm. And so when you see the flashback where he's out in the desert with the Bantha Boba Fett, and he sees mm-hmm. the um. He sees the flare go off. That's from that episode of the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. So because at the end of that episode is where you see the feet and you hear the, the, uh, the spurs and everybody was like, that's Boba Fett. So they were kind of like going up to that point. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like there's a bunch of shit missing. And maybe they just didn't have time to tell it. But it could be technically or maybe there's another flashback. Well, I think we're kind of done with flashbacks. Although he's fully healed, yeah. so I don't think he's going back in the back to tank. No. No. So I think I think we're kind of done with that, which is fine. But I mean, we're it sounds like we're getting the Mandalorian back for at least another episode. Yeah. Cuz when he when they're up on the the palace thing at the end and, and Fennec asks do we have any money and she says you know money can buy strength the Mandalorian theme plays mm. so I would assume that he shows up next week think so? yeah All right. because there was that rumor they, they kept saying that like um, you know season 3 of the Mandalorian would kind of be the last the last episode of just him. Okay. And so people were like, does that mean like he's going to be popping up in other shows? And they were like, yeah, he knows all these people now. So he's going to be popping up in different things. So I can just imagine that like they don't need Pedro Pascal unless he's going to take the, the helmet off. Right. Throw one of those other guys in the costume and just have him, you know, fight as the Mandalorian and then have Pedro show up to do voiceover. 
So I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to see that next week. Here's hoping. <laughs> but I, I do feel like a lot of the internet hate is just people who are building this up in their minds in a way that they were never going to be satisfied. Well, Ed, Ed, we know how fanboys are. Yeah. They're, they're very judgy. They're very quick to make their opinion known before they even have an opinion. Yeah. Well, so there you have it. Well, you know, there's always there's always the next thing that's going to come out and that they can be totally disappointed in. One of the next 20 Star Wars projects that are coming to Disney Plus soon. Yeah, but they haven't said which one's next. No, they haven't. I mean, they finished Cassian. And they finished Obi-Wan. So there's two in the can. I don't know. And they're they're shooting Mandalorian season three. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time before we get something else. It's just a matter of what and when. Well, top that off with Secret Wars and other Marvel projects. Yeah, it, it would just be nice to know like what they're thinking. They can change release dates like we're not going to be mad at them for like, you know, if they've got to move stuff around, but at least kind of like, you know, did you see the Moon Knight trailer? I did. With, with Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Eh. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's kind of like, uh but I kind of feel that way about the new Batman too. <laughs> Cause did you see the new clip that was released of the funeral? I didn't like, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of come around on that kind of shit to where I don't want to get spoiled if I'm going to go see the movie or, you know, right. whatever. Um, but like the runtime is almost three hours. It's like two hours and 47 minutes. Um, you know, I don't know if you need another Batman movie that long. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, and it's kind of based on the long Halloween. Yeah. Which was a really good comic series. But I think what made it good was that it was all of the interactions between the mobsters and the costume villains. Yeah. So that over, you know, several months, you know, the uh, Mad Hatter shows up and Riddler shows up and, you know, all of these other characters. And this is going for such a, a even grittier, more realistic look than the Christian Bale movies. It's kind of like, eh, I mean, I will say this is the first time at least that the Riddler seems a little bit intimidating. Yeah, because he's always been a joke. Yeah. And so to to create a, a take on him where he's actually like threatening and it could go either way is like, okay, well, 
you know, I'll give him props for that. But like, mm-hmm. if I was going to make a Batman film, I don't know if I would start with the Riddler. I mean, the Penguin's no. in it too, though, so I don't know. Who's getting his own spinoff? Yeah. And we have Batgirl. Yes. So there's hope for, you know, there's hope. And, um, you know, I've been watching Peacemaker. That's, yeah, that's I haven't on, watched that yet. On HBO. Um, I am super surprised at how well done that show is. Really? And, you know, it's a James Gunn thing. He helped produce the whole thing. So I shouldn't be surprised it's at the level that it is. But there's a scene in the latest episode where um, John Cena has to go through a range of emotions. And it's so well done that it's like they were able to take a wrestler and turn him into an actor. Like he's just not the butt of the joke. He's just not like what he was in the Suicide Squad movie, but he's got like super true depth to this character and is able to carry an emotional scene and you feel for the character. Wow. And it's okay. like, wow. Okay. I would never have guessed that John Cena would be like, you would watch it and you'd be like, wow, that dude can act his ass off. Right. So, you know, you just see him uh, as this, this dude that keeps showing up to talk shows in the costume. And you're like, okay, how good can this be? But like, it's pretty damn good. Wow. Is he a better actor than the rock? I would think I would say that the rock is more charismatic. Okay. But John Cena can can get super emotional. Okay. So I think they're different types of actors. Um but I do I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say one is better than the other. Okay. John Cena is really short. Is he? Yeah, okay. but a lot of those guys are. Well, you know, when you keep dropping you on your head, maybe you like lose height. Your spine compresses. Oh, actually, Wikipedia says he's six feet tall. Yeah. I I remember him being shorter when I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> You were looking down on the dude. You know, that could have been it. <laughs> well, and you know, the Wikipedia isn't always accurate. Right. I mean, there was that time when they used to say like Robert Downey Jr. was like close to six feet tall. And it's like, no, he's not. Right. He's like, what, five, six, five, eight. He's like five, six. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they got to bring out the the apple boxes for him to stand on next to Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Oh, you got some lifts in those shoes. Hey, RDJ, RDJ. Is that what you're doing now? Got Tom Cruise syndrome. There you go. Well, let's see. ScarJo is five, three. Yeah. Even though black widow is five, seven. <laughs> Uh, Wasp is five six. 
Spider-Man is 5'6". Tom Holland is 5'6"? Yep. Wow. Tiny little fella. Yeah, he is. Uh, Zoe Zaldana is 5'7". Mark Ruffalo is only 5'8". Jeremy Renner, 5'9". Okay. Paul Rudd, 5'10". Oh, Karen Gillan is 5'11". <laughs> wow, big girl. Yeah. Cumberbitch is six feet. <laughs> Cumberbitch. Chadwick Boseman is six feet under. Oh, dude, not nah, cool. Too soon? A little bit. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, Chris Press, six two. Samuel L. Jackson, six two. Tom Hiddleston, six two. Chris Hemsworth, six three. Dave Bautista, six six. Wow. Wow. Okay. So much for my theory that a lot of actors are tiny, <laughs> like Tom Cruise. Yeah, but like Batista was a wrestler, and yep. you know they're they're definitely not all from the same like walk of life. No, that's for sure. I mean, I almost feel like the heyday of Marvel is coming to an end. I, I kind of feel like that's what the Eternals signaled. Yeah. That it's like kind of like, <clears throat> okay, this was you had a really good run but you you did not succeed in extending it yeah i think i think everything leading up to endgame yes was firing on all cylinders and i think i think since then i mean i haven't seen the new spider-man film so i can't tell you whether or not it's as great as everybody's saying it is it's still number one at the box office i know um but I think like Shang-Chi is a good film, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. And I think the Eternals is not very not good. A good film. So they're not doing really well coming into phase four, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think, I think you can't keep up that level when your biggest stars are gone. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe the next Thor film will be good, but who knows how many more films Chris Hemsworth's going to do for them? Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, or if it just, or if it starts getting really bad, because there's still lots of Marvel properties that they can exploit. I mean, we haven't seen Silver Surfer yet. Right. Go back into the to uh, Fantastic Four. Well, there's the entire X Men franchise that the MCU hasn't done. Yep. Yeah. And I guess they're making everything canon within like, like they're they're all happening in different universes, and everything is like, um has actually happened in one universe or another, but at the same time, it's just like, 
I don't think that we need to go back through the X-Men stuff. Yeah. I mean, it kind of feels like that's played out. Yeah. I kind of want to see new stuff. Yeah. Or, well, this that would be a DC thing. I was going to say, if they were to do something based on the Kingdom Come series. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's the superheroes at middle age. Yeah. I mean, they did, they did a whole X-Men thing with that. Yeah. Where the Hulk was like a crime lord and was like ripping people apart and the X-Men were trying to stop them or something. So there's definitely shit that can be still mined, but I just, I don't want to go back to origin stories and shit like that. Yeah. It's like you, you, since it's all based on profits, which is a (laughs) shitty thing. Yeah. But you know, you've got she Hulk coming up. Uh, you got Mobius, which I thought was really an odd choice for them to get into. <laughs> I mean, you've, you know, you, you've got Blade. It's like, okay, so, you know, we're going to do the vampire thing. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it kind of feels like with many things when Disney is involved, they believe their own hype and they don't see anything they do is wrong. Right. Exactly. So, you know, who knows where this is going to go? Yeah. And I think it's going to take a huge flop in order for Disney to kind of step back and be like, what's going on now? What's wrong? Because they've been able to print their own money with Marvel for the last decade. Well, let's face it. Disney prints their own money with everything. There's a freaking figment popcorn bucket that was going for a thousand bucks on eBay <laughs> with a seven hour wait uh. to purchase one. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. That's just greedy ass people, man. That's all it is. All it is. Yep. See, that shocks me that that Disney allows that and not like you would think that they would instead of like a limited edition figment popcorn container. Right. Where they only make, I don't know how how many, let's just say a thousand for shits and giggles. Mm hmm. Because Disney's not going to get any of that money from like eBay sales. But they don't care. But the fact that they're not printing more and letting other people get them. Oh, I'm sure they will. Oh, you think they'll like come back and be like, Hey, look what we did. Oh yeah. So while you people have spent a thousand dollars, you spent it, spent that for nothing. Yeah. FOMO. (laughs) FOMO. Yep. FOMO. Do you have FOMO? I do not have FOMO. No. I do not. You didn't stand in line for a bucket? 
no, but my sister asked me if I could get her one, and I, I sent her the, <laughs> the news story. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Here's the link to the eBay thing. Yeah. Wait a few weeks. It'll be down to 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Disney's announced their next uh, live-action remake. Of what? Of the Aristocats. Uh, one of one of I I have to say it's one of the worst Disney movies, with the exception of everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> Where you know you've got all of these horribly insensitive portrayals of different cats, like the Siamese cat with the gong on his head. And, right. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I hope it's not going to be like cats. Oh God. Where they find you know like Michael Bublé as O'Malley the cat. Right. Do you th- um, do you think it's just going to be like CGI cats and it's a quote unquote live action remake? Yes, just like Lion King. Just like Lion King. That's that's what I would think. Because they didn't learn their lessons that CGI animals can't be expressive enough. Right. So we're just going to do it again. Yep. But this time the cat's going to be voiced by Kevin Hart. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what they did for Lady and the Tramp. And they changed the Siamese cats so they don't sing the offensive song. <laughs> like why did you even feel the need to redo this film oh wait merchandise yeah yeah and we're getting another sequel coming up which i I, i'm kind of interested in okay they're bringing peter billingsley back for an update on a christmas story what yep how did I miss this story? Uh, it came out. The story came out three days ago. Did I mean? Have you ever seen the 2012 A Christmas Story two? No. Yeah, it's really fucking bad, man. It's really bad. There's there's a yeah. scene where it was direct. It was direct to video, so yeah, they're they're all working at Higby's now. Uh-huh. And Flick, they have like pneumatic tubes to push mail or something. And so Flick puts okay. his mouth against it and uh, like like his his lips get all extended and shit and it's like what the fuck, man. Mm. Yeah, the a Christmas story Christmas would be set in the 1970s three decades after the first movie and follow the adult Ralphie returning to his childhood home to deliver his kids a magical Christmas like the one he had growing up. Jesus. He will, (laughs) Ralphie will reconnect with his old friends and reconcile the passing of his father. Well, yeah, I mean, both, both the parents are dead, right? Right. Miranda Dillon's dead, right? think so okay let's see what it... 
turn to IMDb. Uh, there are a lot of actors named Miranda Miller. Dylan. Oh, I made it Dylan. Miranda Dylan. Matt's little sister? Big yeah. sister? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, she's not listed as dead. Oh, maybe, maybe they'll bring her back. Could. She hasn't acted since 2013. Billingsley has gone on to success, a successful career behind the camera, directing such films such as Couples Retreat, producing the treat, the, oh. th- the three time Tony nominated Broadway musical, A Christmas Story, the musical and producing Dinner mm-hmm. for Five, which received an Emmy nomination. Oh, okay. And apparently he's going to produce it with... Where did that just go? Vince Vaughn. fa ra 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 I mean, fortunately, that movie has such a, a following that, like, the house is preserved as a as a museum, so... right. I can always go back and shoot there, I guess. Although, I guess they'd have to change the inside since it's supposed to look like the 30s. Or do they? Does he get home and find that it's... They travel back in time. Exactly exactly the way he remembers it. Now, if they're going to do this, they need to bring back everybody that's still alive. Whether they're good actors or not, we need everybody. We need Schwartz and we need Flick and we need all of them back. Does it say when they're releasing this? I mean, it just says it's in the works for a feature for HBO Max. I would assume they push it for this coming year. Yeah, you think we get one Yes. for Christmas this year? Oh, definitely. I mean, HBO did that 8-bit Christmas movie this year with... Um, yeah, didn't, didn't watch it. My Oh, the, the kid of a... Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris, was yeah. that the one? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Christmas story, but like set in the 80s, where they're trying to get the Nintendo... And my kid really liked it, so I didn't watch it, but she did, and she said that, that it was pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, it found the right audience. Okay. Although, you the know, she's, she's, that, she's that age where, like, any movie that has kids at the forefront, she's going to like. Cause yeah. Because she, she connects to it. Sure. Like... We watched we watched the first Ghostbusters and then we watched Afterlife recently. And in Afterlife there's a twelve year old girl that's like front and center of everything and I said to her afterwards, I said, Which one did you like more? And she was like Afterlife and I was like, I figured you would say that. Cause that that's exactly what you know that's exactly what um it's meant to be, is is her age group. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, exciting things. <laughs> Just amazing. Did you hear about the truck of monkeys where all the monkeys escaped in Pennsylvania? Yes, and they were on their way to some lab, and every, and the authorities said, don't approach the, the monkeys. Yes. This is how Planet of the Apes starts. This is this Well, is what it. was that Matthew Broderick movie, Project X? Project X. Yeah, yeah. with the, the chimps. Yep. Yep, they're going to be ripping people's faces off, and yep. like it's going to be terrible. Well, apparently they've they've retrieved all the monkeys. Oh, they did. Yes, because the last time I read it, they were still missing one. <laughs> wow, that was some accident scene. They were it was a hundred <laughs> monkeys. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit. No, just put all the monkeys on the truck. What's the worst thing that could happen? And the monkeys are valued at about $10,000 a piece. More than than what the driver's life is valued at. Yes. I'm sure. Oh, man. Wow. I, that That's just kind of awesome. <laughs> Yes, as of 21 hours ago, all monkeys that escaped have been accounted for. Nice, okay. So that's good. So they can go back and, oh, apparently they've been, this type of monkey is used for testing of COVID-19 vaccines. Oh. And that's how the last outbreak of COVID-19 happened, kids. And then the monkeys became super intelligent. And they According to PETA, because these 100 long-tailed macaque monkeys were headed to a laboratory to be caged, tormented, and killed, they were already in danger. But now the public is too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and apparently there were only four that got away. Oh, okay. Well, that's not as impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's not cool unless they all escape. Of course. They're terrorizing the town. I mean, can you can you just see that report coming in on the police radio? <laughs> We've got a monkey in a Philadelphia neighborhood throwing feces at Ben Franklin's grave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, when the monkeys take over, we can all point to this moment. This is it. This is the moment. <laughs> Which one was named Caesar? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Poor monkeys. 
These monkeys were in such a high demand for coronavirus vaccine research at the beginning of the pandemic that some scientists were talking about the need to create a strategic monkey reserve, an emergency stockpile similar to those maintained by the U.S. government for oil and grain. Of monkeys? Of monkeys. Oh. Mr. President, Mr. President, we have to break into the... (laughs) Break into the reserve of monkeys. We don't have enough. <laughs> Monkey prices are just too damn high. You're going to have to open the reserve, damn it. That's right. That's right. Monkey prices are too damn high. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well. What a great world we live in. Yep. It'll be over soon. Just close your eyes. The screaming will eventually stop. You going to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation on MTV? No, not at all. (laughs) No, you don't want to see Snooki? Snooki and who's the other one? It looks like most of them are going. The situation? Yeah. God, what a bunch of morons. That's what's wrong with the world right there. Well, that, well, <laughs> um, there is a new reality show where celebrity offspring are sent, uh, uh, it's called Relatively Famous Ranch Rules. It's on E, so you know it's quality television. <laughs> um, but it's the children of celebrities. Yeah. Um, one is Billy Bob Norton, Billy Bob Thornton's son, Shaquille O'Neal's son. Um, I mean, a bunch of nobodies, really. The, the daughter of Pat Benatar. Oh, geez. Uh, the daughter of David Hasselhoff, Martin Lawrence's daughter, um, are sent to a, to a you know, a farm. <laughs> and it's like, wait, didn't you do this with, with Paris Hilton? Yep. So. Oh, yeah. They look like a bunch of A number one douchebags. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, God. Yeah. We're going to get you famous based on your your parents, not what you've done with your life. Well, I don't think they've done anything. That's a problem. No, they haven't. So they're shearing sheep. They're showing one of them. I think one of them helps deliver a calf because she's wearing really long rubber gloves. (laughs) (laughs) You have to put the intestines back. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh. Oh, man. Yeah, good times. <sighs> Only in America. We're doomed. That's it. Duh. Give up. Escaped monkeys. David Hasselhoff's daughter on a farm. Doesn't get any better than this. Eat that food you want. Buy that, that thing that you, you've been saving up for because it's 
it's going to be over soon. Enjoy what fucking little time we have left. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. Oh, man. Well, on that lovely note, <laughs> you have anything else for this week? Yes. No. No? No. <clears throat> All right. Well, if we didn't bore you or depress you, um, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that.